1: Children's Bible Journey, with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up. So let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God.
0: Evening, Jesus was eating supper with his disciples. He was trying to explain to them that he was going away and they could not go with him. They didn't know he was talking about his death on the cross. He told them not to be sad and promised to come back for them someday. He was going to heaven to prepare a place in his father's house that would be big enough for all God's children
1: from John 14, verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you.
2: The world
1: is nice, the clouds are fluffy. We thank the Lord for brand new puppies. Our faith singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing story from the Bible in Living Sound.
3: I've got to go, Mother. The king sent for me.
4: But what does the king want of you? Have you done something to arouse his anger? No, I don't think so. He's going to hang or behead you I know he is I just know
3: it. Mother, you worry too much Perhaps the king only wants to uh, Ask a question Seeking information oh, I can't help
4: but worry I'm your mother And I know the king is going to do something awful to you
5: Long live the king Are you the son of the widow of Naphtali? I am, your majesty Your father was a man of Tyre. Yes, Your Majesty. Then you are half-Israelite. Uh, I suppose I am, sire. Good. Then I'm sure you will be happy to go on a special mission I have in mind. Of course, Your Majesty. They tell me that you're an expert in carving stones and wood, an expert in engraving and molding metal. You're supposed to surpass all others in this field. Is this correct? I
3: suppose so, Your Majesty. Well, is it or isn't it? Well... (laughs) Your Majesty, I doubt if there's another worker of metal, stones, and woods in the entire world who can even begin to compete with me.
5: Aha. That's what I thought. And you're just the man I'm looking for. Solomon, the new king of Israel, needs someone to take charge of all the carvings and moldings of material to furnish the temple he's building to his God. According to what I hear, it's going to be a fabulous building. Do you think you can do the job? The more fabulous and complicated
3: the work, the better I like it. I can produce anything. Anything King Solomon may dream up and make it better even than his wildest dreams. The temple's to be built up there, on top of that mountain?
6: It's more of a hill than a mountain. It's called a mountain, Mount Moriah. Oh, it's an imposing site. No doubt about that, Your Majesty. The site is more than just imposing. It has played a very important and vital role in the history of Israel. It was there that Abraham, the father of Israel, displayed his willingness to sacrifice Isaac, his only son, in obedience to the command of Jehovah. It was there that God renewed his covenant of blessing to Abraham and his seed. It was on that exact spot that David... ...offered burnt offerings to stay the avenging sword of the destroying angel... ...and was answered by fire from heaven.
3: Uh, Now the most pretentious and beautiful building in all the world is to be built there. It will be a tremendous job to flatten the top of that mountain and lay the foundations for the temple. We are well aware of that and have hundreds of thousands of workers ready to start work. The temple alone will take more material than has ever been assembled in one place. To say nothing of the palace and other buildings you desire built... Yet I see no materials at all, none of any kind. Each stone, each beam,
6: each and every piece of material is to be carved and molded before it gets here. The actual building will take place without the use of hammer or saw. It will be a quiet, dignified scene. That applies to all the furnishings, too. And since you will be in charge of making and carving all the furnishings, please follow that same plan. I never heard of such a
3: thing. It can't be done? Well, of course it can, Your Majesty. But it will take time, patience, and skill. And with the proper men and time and drawings, I can pre-cut each piece so that it will fit within a thousandth of a cubit. Ah, what a challenge you've given me, Your Majesty. A challenge and an opportunity.
7: is in the clay what is it my father says it's that man from the north I think his name is Hiram anyway he's digging in the clay to make molds for the pillars of the temple what does that word mold mean I don't know but I guess it means make anyway Hiram is making things and materials for the temple so that's what it must mean Looks like they're moving that big stone. Stone? It isn't a stone. It's as big as a house. They couldn't move a stone that big. It'd be too heavy. But they are. And it's square. How did it get like that? Answer me that if you can. They hewed it. What's it for? I suppose it goes in the temple like everything else being built around here. But it'll take them forever to move that big stone all the way up to the top of Mount Moriah. I know it. Father says it'll be years before they get the temple completely built. They haven't even started it yet. I know that, too. So far, they've just been getting the stones and things ready to start building. Boy, it's going to be awfully big and pretty when it's done. Yes. Yes. some sort of bowl a mighty large bowl yeah there sure are some funny things going on around here lately King Solomon's getting ready to build a temple that's what also a palace for himself and some other buildings too let's run and ask father what that large bowl like thing is all right come on
8: I don't wonder you're puzzled at all the things going on and being made in Jerusalem these days. That man Hiram, that king of Tyre, sent King Solomon to be in charge of making the furnishings, surely is a genius. He can make anything out of any material. Brass, copper, wood, gold, silver, iron, linen.
7: But what is that large round bowl thing we see?
8: That, my dears, is called a sea. It's large, the largest one ever made. It's almost 20 feet from one brim to the other. And it'll hold almost 15,000 gallons of water. It'll be held up by 12 bronze oxen. What's it for? Well, it'll be used by the priest in ritual washings.
7: What do you know?
8: We're going to see many odd things during the next 5 to 10 years. But when it's all done... We here in Jerusalem will have the most beautiful and the most famous temple in all the world.
1: We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
2: daily diary for health class, reporting what I did today to keep myself healthy. Today, I ate an apple. Yes, yes, I know. Eating an apple each day doesn't make you healthy. But when I ate that apple, I didn't eat something that would make me unhealthy. I didn't eat candy. I didn't eat something with a lot of fat in it, like a piece of meat or foods made with a bunch of butter or oil. I didn't eat refined foods like white rice or white flour that don't have anything healing in them. So eating an apple is only part of the picture. What I didn't eat is just as important. I also ate a lot of fruits and vegetables. These foods have a ton of healing stuff in them, like vitamins, nutrients, and complex carbohydrates. I learned in class that complex carbohydrates, which are found in whole plant foods, are a lot healthier than simple carbohydrates, like those found in refined foods. So I eat mostly whole foods, like fruits and vegetables, not refined foods that come in cans or packages. How does this make me healthy? Well, many of my friends are kind of fat. Okay, they're very fat. Fat isn't healthy. But because I eat mostly whole foods, I'm not fat because I'm not giving my body anything to turn into fat like all those calories or fatty foods. My body has the foods it needs to stay healthy and nothing more. So when you see me eating an apple, don't just say, hey, Kim is eating an apple. Instead say, hey, look, Kim isn't eating sugary candies or foods with a lot of fat in them. See what I mean?
5: God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
9: Happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story shows you how great it is to have a pet and how sad it can be when a pet disappears. While Jenny and her friend Natalie search for clues about what happened to Butterscotch, Jenny learns some important lessons about forgiveness. Chapter 2, The Blue Ribbon Plan. Jenny's mother had her head stuck in the refrigerator while Jenny ate her breakfast. Jenny, is this your feet butter watch? She asked. Jenny's hand stopped halfway to her mouth. Huh? Her mom closed the door of the fridge and held out a glass bowl filled with something that smelled very strange. I said, Jenny, what is this you're feeding butterscotch? She tapped the bowl with one finger. And why is it in one of my good bowls? Jenny finished another spoonful of Captain Crusader cereal before she answered. It's a special diet, Mom. I asked the man at the pet store what would make butterscotch's coat shine, and this is what he said to feed her. "'Couldn't you just brush her?' Mrs. Wallace asked, wrinkling her nose at the nasty smell. "'Oh, I'm doing that, too,' Jenny replied eagerly. "'Mrs. Wallace spooned Butterscotch's food into a plastic container and put a cover on it. "'Let's keep it in here when she isn't eating it,' she told Jenny. "'You can still use the bowl, although I can't imagine why you want to feed her out of a good glass bowl.' "'So she'll feel special,' Jenny explained. "'Mrs. Wallace laughed. "'Why don't I just get down the crystal dishes so she'll feel really special?' "'Would you?' Jenny asked, hopefully, before she realized that her mother was joking. As always, Jenny waited for her friend Natalie so they could walk to the bus stop together. Natalie had already heard about the pet show. "'I brush butterscotch every night for at least 15 minutes,' Jenny explained again. "'And she doesn't mind?' Natalie asked. "'No, butterscotch loves to be brushed,' Jenny said. "'And she loves the special diet I put her on. "'It's making her coat really shiny.' This afternoon, during library time, I'm going to get a book about cats from Mr. Boardman so I can study up on them. Mr. Boardman recommended a book called Me and My Cat. Jenny put it in her book bag and took it with her everywhere she went, reading it at lunch and sometimes during recess. Natalie jumped rope on the playground beside her. Come on, Jenny, she called. You can read that old book anytime. Let's skip rope. If we find someone else, we can practice doubles. Jenny looked up from her book and tried to block the sunshine with one hand. I can't, Natalie. I only have a little time to learn everything there is to know about cats so Butterscotch can win that blue ribbon. Natalie rolled her eyes. That's all you ever think about anymore, she whined. It's not the only thing, Jenny grinned, but if I don't learn about cats, I won't win. Yeah, yeah, Natalie's jump rope blurred with speed as she jumped hot peppers. Well, let me know when you've learned enough. On Thursday, Natalie and Jenny sat together on the bus as they rode home from school. "'Do you want to stop off at my house and help me make room on my wall "'to hang Butterscotch's ribbon?' Jenny asked Natalie. "'All right,' Natalie agreed. "'But after that, can we play horses?' Jenny nodded. "'Would you quiz me on some cat questions first? "'Natalie groaned. Do I have to?' "'Yes,' Jenny said. "'You want me and Butterscotch to win, don't you?' "'Of course I do,' Natalie said. "'I'm your friend, aren't I?' When they walked into Jenny's room, Butterscotch jumped off the bed and wove in and out of their legs. "'I think she wants to go out,' Jenny said.' I'll be right back. Closing the door behind Butterscotch, Jenny headed for the kitchen. Mom, can Natalie and I have some lemonade? Natalie's eyes grew big when she saw the big, cold glasses of lemonade. Thanks, she said, sipping eagerly. I was really thirsty. Fresh lemon pieces floated around in the glasses, and Natalie fished for one, then bit into it and made a face. Eww, she said. Sour! Of course it's sour, silly. What do you want to do first? Ask me questions or make room on my wall for the ribbon. Natalie sat down carefully on the edge of Jenny's bed. Questions, she said. Jenny handed her the book and answered questions until Natalie got tired of asking them. Jenny, her mother said, poking her head into Jenny's bedroom. Please be sure Butterscotch is in before it gets dark. Sure, Mom, Jenny said. If we hurry, she told Natalie, we'll just have time to make a spot on my wall for the ribbon. Then I'll go let Butterscotch in and we'll show her. Don't forget you said we could play horses, Natalie reminded Jenny. I won't forget, Jenny promised. Climbing up on her bed, she carefully took down her cat calendar and poster of a cat that looked almost exactly like butterscotch and handed them to Natalie. Here, would you put these on my dresser, please? Natalie placed them gently on Jenny's dresser. Jenny bounced off the bed and walked across her bedroom floor to see how the spot looked from across the room. She looked at the wall and then at Natalie, who was impatiently tapping her foot. "'I just had a great idea,' she said excitedly. "'Why don't you come to Family Day, too? "'Do you think you could?' "'Natalie looked surprised. "'I could come?' "'Sure, why don't you ask your parents?' "'Jenny suggested. "'All right, I will,' Natalie agreed. "'Jenny pointed to the wall. "'What do you think?' she asked. "'I think it's a good spot,' Natalie agreed. "'Now, can we play horses?' "'Jenny laughed. "'Okay, now we can play horses.' "'They raced each other to the door. "'Just as Jenny reached out to open it, "'her mother came around the corner.' "'Oh, Jenny, did you bring butterscotch in yet?' she asked. Jenny gulped. "'No, not yet, Mom. I'll do it right now.' Mrs. Wallace nodded. "'Good. We wouldn't want her to be out after dark. You never know what could happen to her.' "'Hey,' Natalie said as Jenny came out. "'Let's play hopscotch instead.' By the time Jenny returned with chalk to make lines on the driveway, she had forgotten all about butterscotch. When Jenny got back, Natalie had found a small stone to use as a marker. "'You first, she said generously. "'Okay.' Jenny threw the stone and started hopping. They had been playing for about 15 minutes when a loud toot made them both jump. As they stepped off onto the grass to let a big station wagon pull into the driveway, Jenny frowned. Inside the car was Dee Dee's cousin, Tevin. Before Tevin or his parents could get out of the car, Dee Dee and her family drove up behind them. Dee Dee bounded out of the car almost before it stopped. "'Hi, Jenny,' she called." Tevin and his family are going to move into their new house tonight, so we stopped by to visit on the way over. Inside, Jenny groaned. She looked nervously at Natalie and wondered if, just once, Tevin could force himself to be nice. Tevin's mother got out of the car, talking so fast that Jenny wondered how she managed to breathe. "'You'd better get out and take advantage of the chance to rest, Tevin, because you'll get awfully tired unpacking your things and getting your room straightened out once we get home. I won't have a moment's peace until we get everything organized. Boxes, boxes everywhere.' she turned around before she had walked halfway up the driveway to the house. Tevin, get out and visit. When Tevin stuck his legs out of the door, his mother turned around and kept walking toward the house with Tevin's father and Mr. and Mrs. Adams. Before he got out, Tevin pushed back a little brown and white dog that was trying to scramble over his lap and get out of the door. Stay here, Shorty, he said gruffly as he got out and slammed the door behind him. That's a cute dog Jenny offered as she watched the little creature scratch excitedly on the car window. Suddenly, the dog started bouncing up and down like a basketball. Tevin glanced at the dog. He's okay for a dog, I guess. Don't you like dogs? Natalie asked. But before Tevin could answer, Natalie's mother called her from down the street. She turned to Jenny. Sorry, guess I've got to go. I'll see you later, Jenny called as she watched Natalie jog toward home. Tevin! his mother shrieked, sticking her head out the front door. "'Let Shorty out to do his business.' "'Yes, Mom,' Tevin said, opening the door of the car. The little dog shot out from inside the car as if he'd been fired from a cannon. Jenny giggled at him as he darted around the yard, sniffing everything. "'He's so short. He looks like a beagle that got cut off at the knees,' she said. "'I don't like dogs,' Tevin replied sourly. "'Why not?' Dee Dee asked. Tevin shrugged. "'I just don't. I only like cats.' Do you have any cats, Jenny asked? No, Tevin replied, but I'm going to get one real soon. Can we go inside, Dee Dee asked suddenly. I'm getting chilly out here. Before they made it to the front steps, Tevin remembered that Shorty was still running around the yard. He turned back just as a horrible squeal stopped them all in their tracks. What was that, Jenny asked. At the same moment, she had an awful feeling that she knew what it was. Butterscotch, she wailed.
0: The story you have heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, book three, Jenny's Cat Napped Cat, written by Celeste Perino-Walker, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. children come please let the children
5: come children's bible journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net